Alrighty, and welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, ClutchFigures. And uh, I'm Jason Kyle. You can follow me on Twitter at ThatMightBeCool. You can also find my podcasts at ThatMightBeCool.com. Cool. That might be cool. That might be cool. Yeah. That just might be cool. Uh, it might be cool. It probably is cool. It is cool. That's not a question. It is cool. Definitive. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Today on Man of Steel Minute, we are talking about number 57 of Man of Steel. And it starts with Jonathan heading back into the path of a raging tornado to save uh, their family dog. And then the minute ends with uh, Jonathan uh, very tragically telling Clark to not save him. Um, don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I hope that Clark says, <laughs> nah, to hell with that, and does save him. So one can only hope, right? You would think. Yeah. You would think? You would th- Well, if it's well, your father, that's, you know, you see him in peril. But yeah, I think I would save him. Yeah, but then again, I mean, if you're defying your father's wishes, are you getting the belt when you get home? <laughs> <laughs> boy See, well that's the thing it's like clark doesn't care about the belt it's not gonna hurt him no yeah exactly so i like, actually i made a list of ways that clark could save john uh if you guys are interested in it we'll get well let's let's uh wait did you say there's a list of ways well, that jonathan can i i made a list i made a list of ways that clark could could run and save john okay oh i thought you said there's a list of ways that jonathan could beat clark <laughs> <laughs> in ways that he can get around punishing him um might might be a might be a fun list that yeah this <laughs> all right let's i don't want to get carried away uh let's see um so what are your ways that he could have Saved, or do you want to save that for the next minute? It depends. Which uh, which well, one did you have it for? This one. That's up to you guys. Let's let's go ahead and do it on this one. I got I got plenty for the next minute. Uh, so I mean, John obviously gives him the stop sign, and Clark. You know, in this minute, we kind of get Clark going. Okay, whatever, a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I've got. I just made three. I won't. I won't be too exhaustive for you. But uh, the three ways that I think Clark could have saved John are that he could. Run in, tackle him, hold him down, and then say they were protected by God. Uh, he could also tackle him into that RV, and then after the storm is over, say they were protected by God. Or he could tackle him into the tornado and keep a good grip on him while they're flying around, and then say they were protected by God. So we've got three clear ways here that all involve tackling and uh, just telling everyone they were protected by God. I think it would have worked. Yeah, That's so all I'm oh, saying. No, <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you, but when he's running over there do you think he would use i think i think do you think he would use super speed and then my next kind of comment on that is i don't i think me and mark are in agreement that he hasn't realized super speed until the battle of kansas when he sees other kryptonians using it so my question to you is does super speed involve in in your in your list is it involved in your list yes see I don't think it does because there, there's there's some time there. There's some time there where he could have just run like a regular old fast boy uh, and just, you know, tackled him to the ground or into the RV or into the tornado. Not only that, but they would have also had cloud cover from all the all the tornado-ness yeah. for him to, to grab and, and do some super stuff. 
uh, that people didn't see. Because really all he's got to do is just hold on to John and just use his body as like a human shield from all the tornado stuff. And uh, and he's fine. That's, yeah. I mean... You're not That's all wrong. I'm saying. Especially if, they, yeah. if he tackles him into that RV. If he tackles him into that RV, the RV is just going to get thrown around. He can just keep a good grip on his old pops there. And uh, they can just emerge from the RV after the storm settles and be like, oh, my goodness, it's a miracle. God saved us. Got it. We're all, we're all you know, Bible-thumping uh, Christian people from the Midwest. So we, we, we accept miracles. That's fine. It's very true. And, I, yeah, I actually, I, I would agree to that. You could blame anything on an act of God. Um, and I think they even do yeah. in, like, the school bus scene. They, yep. That's what they chalk, they chalk that up to. Yep. Um, it's already been so, established. Yeah. Boom. So, yeah, they could have done it. Um, I do think Clark knows that he has super speed because with every other superpower that, like, just frantically goes off on his, you know, from his body, uh, heat vision, super hearing, this, that, and the other, um, you would think at one point in his life he started running and then realized he was running way too fast. Yep. Uh, so definitely that's got to be a superpower that he he knows he has. Um, that's what I've always thought. Yeah, whether or not uh, – I don't know what exactly he would have done to save Jonathan, um, but I do know that it could have been blamed um, as an act of God, although it's still a risk. It's still – you know, you still have to like – I don't know if they're going to believe it this time or, you know. Um, so, yeah, he could have. Um, <laughs> well, let's hope he does it in the next minute. Um, but he, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he walked away for the next minute to see if he does that or not. Yeah, um, I will. I will say uh, this this minute here um, is very, very well shot. I think it's a rare because like you, you watch disaster movies a lot and m- a lot of the disaster stuff is a bit uh, a bit hazy, you know, a bit like a lot of handheld cameras. And it's a bit sort of um, disorienting when you're watching these disaster scenes where you can't quite see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that as disaster sequences go, this was a really, really well executed uh, sequence here with all the all the cars flying around and those those famous you know those those weak Kent ankles getting all getting all haggard up there yep yeah absolutely I think um, that this tornado is probably uh, besides Twister the scariest tornado I've ever seen in film um, because <laughs> not even films like um, I don't know like I can't think of one but like day after tomorrow maybe like their tornadoes didn't look that terrifying or even that real looking they just seemed very stereotypical tornadoes this doesn't look like a tornado this looks like uh a a giant sandstorm of uh, i don't know it's just it's so massive it's beautiful to kind of look at in in terms of how they animated this cgi tornado um it's it's very believable um and still very outstanding of just how extraordinary this massive uh you know monster of weather is i don't know it's 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 a beautiful looking tornado i i I gotta admit that um and i think uh the the way this minute plays out there it's a really nice blend of cgi and some practical effects because we do see a car being thrown by the tornado and we know like in the first shot of it that it's it's cgi it's you know it's a car being thrown um when the car actually lands on the car that Jonathan Kent is in, 
uh, because he's in that car to save the dog. Uh, we, you can clearly see that that's a real car that they just kind of like, all right, drop the car in this other car, and it's it's a nice effect. It's an especially in that in that split second of CGI car being a real car, like crashing into mm-hmm. the the Kent uh, wagon, um, <laughs> and then the way that they the Kent wagon, yeah, the I Kent like wagon. It. There you go, um, and then the way that it kind of is lifting back and forth because of the tornado and it's like kind of crushing his foot as it kind of, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, um, it's trying to be lifted up by the tornado, but because it's too heavy, it just keeps coming back down on him. Um, I, I just think it's, it's beautiful how they did those, those effects. So again, yeah, it's a really nice blend of both CGI and practical effects in my opinion. Um, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't find a, a behind the scenes video of this. It was, I tried looking for one, but I couldn't, but I did find, uh, you know how people like do videos of like, Oh, they're filming here. Like, and they try to, yeah. So I did, I did see that. I saw the evacuation, you know, Jonathan, Ken Clark getting kids and people out of the cars and stuff. So I saw that. So that was pretty cool. Wait, where was this point of view of of the video? This kid, honestly, I'm going to, this, he was hiding in corn stalks. You're joking. No, I'm not. He was hiding. Like, you could see, like, corn stalks and stuff, and you can see, like, the little handheld camera, and he's trying to film them filming, and you can see them standing around, and then all of a sudden people start running, and then they stop, and then they start running again. So it's, like, it was pretty cool. Um, Interesting. But no behind the scenes. Uh, I would love to have seen how the car was flipping and what they were doing here and there, but. Can we reach out to that kid that was filming that? No, and- not at all. <laughs> Well, he's the one we're gonna ask well, about. I, I think you should get him on the show. Get Track him on him the down, show. Find out where he lives. <laughs> knock his door down. Threaten yeah. him. Why do you live where tornadoes what? exist? <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, let's see. I have a note here. Um, as we see Clark under the overpass with everybody and whatnot. Um, see, this was where my confusion of his age comes into play. Uh, he is wearing a University of Kansas t-shirt, uh, an athletics t-shirt. So with my knowledge of Superman going to college and him excelling in all the sports and yada yada, that seemed like it fit. And it kind of made me jump back to the argument that he was having with his dad with, you know, well, why don't you want to be a farmer? What do you do? Like yada yada. It seems like he already graduated his, you know, his his basic college courses. Maybe he went there for two years realized that he didn't want to do that or what have you or you know he got his his AA and then finally just came back home and now what does he do with his degree in Kansas I guess he just becomes a farmer in agriculture so like that's where that kind of argument seemed like it was stemming from but when we did the math about the years this is a teenager Clark so uh, I mean I guess it's not so terribly wrong for him to have a university of kansas t-shirt being in a small town and and whatnot um but again that was just where my confusion lied with yeah with age. i i see where that kind of threw you off um with his age and having that university shirt mm-hmm. but i do think that maybe that's you know that's kind of like where the argument started with because he he probably just graduated high school and you know a lot of people as soon as they graduate high school they want to move out of their parents' place and go to an out-of-state college, and maybe he was, like, visiting colleges. You know, they always give you a shirt on the way out because they really want you to apply. 
Do you get shirts? I never got shirts. They always give you a shirt. Man, they give you a shirt even if you don't go check out the college. They just give you a shirt. All colleges give you shirts. Put put that on a shirt. Um, <laughs> All they gave me was a trespassing ticket last time I went. Oh, yeah, there see, you there go. you go. <laughs> see, I don't. See, you always get something. <laughs> you always get something out of college. Yeah, you always, they always give you something. Um, I got like a fifty-five thousand loan debt out of my college. Hey yo, <laughs> same here, um, oh, dude. Hell yeah, it's a good prize. Uh, yeah, um, for a piece of paper. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. So I think what happened here is that Clark Kent graduated high school and he didn't want to be a farmer anymore. And they that was like they could all feel it in their bones as a family. Like, oh, Clark doesn't want to be in this house anymore. Jonathan Kent's like. Yo, I can't deal with the fact of that kid being out on his own because I'm worried that he's going to try and do something brave and stupid, and I have to make sure that he understands what he's going to be doing with his future because he's not going to be working, you know, he's not going to be working for a newspaper company or, or anything like that, but he's going to be out trying to save the world and stuff, and I, like, I have to... You know, so there's tension there, and I think that is—I I definitely think that's what what's going on here—is that Clark doesn't want to be a farmer anymore. Yeah, true that. Um, going back to the T-shirt, though, <laughs> maybe <laughs> he was, uh, maybe he was trying out for the sports teams, or they were scouting or something, and like you know, a group if they were on like a college tour, and they were like, all right, go run. 50 yards and see how far you can get and he you know tapped into his speed and was like oh snap this kid's fast we need to give him a full ride what scholarship. university is this university of kansas okay so are you gonna look it's like do they have no a football team? I, I, i'm do just they? saying i'm thinking that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that maybe he wanted to move out of state or go you know be far away from his parents because you know some kids kind of do um and i'm thinking that maybe they took him to the university of kansas and was like see clark don't you want to just like go to this college it's close by to your you know you're close by your parents you can still live with us and go to college and play football there and so they took him and they gave him a lousy shirt and this is them on their ride back home and he's just like you know what I'm done with you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> like you're not my real dad. Like they don't even allow dog allow yeah. dogs in this college. Yeah, we had to wait in the car. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's why he's sitting in the passenger seat because this was supposed to be his day of go finding a college because he just graduated high school. <laughs> we are like wh- who we're finding stuff out, man. This One minute a- at a time. There you go. Yeah. Um, that's that's a pretty good uh, discovery. I always just assumed like it was it was Jonathan's shirt or maybe like Clark's girlfriend, but uh, you you actually put it together a lot better. So I think that's what I think that's what happened. He he wants out and they want to keep him in, um, which is why he's tired of safe. He's tired of being being cooped up. Yep. Uh, so this <laughs> is uh, yeah. Well, we just come full circle now. <laughs> um, all from a t-shirt. All from a t-shirt. There you go. Hooray. Anyway, I'm going to tweet David Goyer and find out. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I'm sure they wrote that out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Clark tries to save Jonathan, and he says no. Why? Because he knows the world's not ready, man. This is this is where this is the point of the, the flashback that he was describing to Lois. Yeah. It's all coming together. The death of one versus the introduction of alien life. Are you trying to compare the two? What do you no, mean? No, I'm saying 
either you let him die yeah or you expose yourself because those are the only two outcomes in jonathan's mind i'm not saying that's that's in stone i'm just saying that's why he said no yeah are we agreeing here yeah i mean i've it's always just gone to the fact that he you know it's just reiterating what he was telling lois that you know his father was convinced that the world wasn't ready to see this and it just goes back to to my thought of in order for clark to save his father he would have to use his powers to do that he would have to use super speed he would have to just you know clench on to something and use super strength or yada yada whatever but you know i didn't write out a list of ways that he could have saved him so uh <laughs> but see like after after hearing that list they it, all involve tackling and uh saying it was an act of god so yeah you know, but it's very believable those. it's very believable you could have gotten <laughs> away with it yeah yeah i i i I think that yes, that was the the motivation, but I think more than anything, he says no because the plot demanded it, and they couldn't uh, take any more time to figure out how they wanted to convey this message. Oh boy, um. that's me personally. <laughs> I'm being I'm being cynical. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I, <laughs> I, do, I just I didn't like know if movie. I wanted to. Uh, oh, I guess I did spoil it. Yo, he dies. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't okay. gonna find out for another day but jonathan kent dies yeah he, oh well yo, he did so check this out okay um he dies here as we know um i lost my train of thought hold on you're just gonna go into <laughs> it yeah i knew i was just about to hold on i gotta think here damn i'm drawing a blank Smash cut to uh, the next point. Hold on, let me read. Maybe I have it in the next one. Okay, okay. You know what? We're just going to say he died here, and then we'll go into why he died okay. in the next minute. Cool? Cool. Um, uh-huh. Does anyone have any? Um, I th- my last final note on this is um, we the, it's the, at the very end of the minute. Um, he, he's gesturing Clark to stop what he's doing. You know, Clark looks like he's about to gear up to go do something incredible, uh, amazing, if you will. Um, but then we get an a, a very good use of silence. It's a very eerie silence. There's no danger music there's no nothing there's a little bit of wind in the background that we're hearing it's not even sad music it's not even sad music it's just like this eerie silence that continues over to the next minute but like it's just at the very end of this minute that like and again going minute by minute makes you see things more clear um that it was just such like like you know something bad is about to happen Mm -hmm. and it's it's again it was just a good use of silence, in my opinion. Good, oh, yeah, good, good, good on you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're doing pretty good. I, uh, I criticize. I was gonna say I, I criticize Zack Snyder and David Goyer's writing a lot, but one thing that I think sh- really should never be questioned is how good of a director, you know, purely just the directing aspect of things that Zack Snyder is. He really uh, captures 
you know, moments and emotions and, and scenery really, really, really well. Um, and especially when it's, you know, choreographed and coordinated so well with the music and, and, you know, like obviously the lighting and everything like his, it's, it is just in terms of like shooting and, and music and sort of like fusing that all together. It's a very beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, definitely a visionary director, a great one, I, I must say, personally. And I think he is also a really good storyteller. Um, things that we nitpick are often like the actual uh, screenplay and like words that they say and dialogue here and there. Um, and that you can blame David Goyer because he's the one who writes it. So I, I think like if, if anyone, don't blame, you know, the whole like, oh, what should I let them do die? And like maybe just be like, yo, Goyer, why'd you write maybe? Why don't you write I don't know? Uh, so... I, you know, I can't blame Zack Snyder for everything, um, and I don't think most people shouldn't do that <laughs> with any movie, but, you know, I, I think he's a good director. I think he's a great one. I, I, I definitely applaud most of his work. Um, some people make mistakes, so. But, yeah, overall, I think they're both really great, and I think this is one of those moments that is just, like, yeah, maybe you don't agree with, like, what happened, but they did it in a fantastic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, uh, I don't really have anything else for this minute. No, I'm good. Sound good? Jason, you got anything? Um, yeah. I, uh, yep, that, that covers everything on my list. Sweet. Alrighty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to leave us a raving review, and we'll read it here on the podcast. Um don't forget to check out Jason's podcast, Living Dead Minute, um, Savage Land, uh, That Might Be Cool Network. And if you're looking for some other cool podcasts, there is Stellar Dynamics, the encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush for Rush fans. Uh, they go album by album in each episode, track by track. Um, they talk about everything Rush, and they uh, it's two musicians who are fantastic with uh, music theory and all that. So definitely want to check that out, guys. They're also really hilarious. And speaking of players, we also have Honey Hold My Beer, which is two girls, uh, two gals, not just girls. They're hilarious. They talk about just the weirdest stories in their lives. They share amazing craft beer. Um, and so definitely give them, uh, check them out. They're, you know, honestly, I listen to Honey Hold My Beer all the time. And it just, their stories just astound me. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute. Thank you.